0: Vinepair's Pair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And this is a special edition of the Vine Podcast, because today we are extremely lucky to have the Maison Veuve Clicquot Cellar Master, Didier Mariotti, in the studio with me. Didier, thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. So, I mean, before we jump into anything else, I just want to say, I feel like Cellar Master is the most baller title of anything in wine. Like you're not just the not just the winemaker, you know, not just that you are the master of everything. How come only Champagne has a master in the title? Uh,
1: my title is very yeah. It's it's sometimes difficult to explain. Yeah. Um, I'm a winemaker, mm-hmm. uh, but if you have to imagine that the treasure uh, in Champagne is in the cellar. So my title is chief of the cellar, mm-hmm. which means I have to protect. Uh, all the bottle aging in the cellar because it's a big treasury. It's why we we are a winemaker, but also I'm the chief of the cellar. So I'm in charge of keeping the wine and looking at the wine during the aging and to mm-hmm. be sure that when we decide to um, sell the wine, that the
0: quality is perfect. And so obviously you're, you're talking about the importance of the cellar because so much, so many champagnes are made with multiple wines to create that one champagne, multiple vintages of those wines, et cetera. So that's why the cellar is so important, correct?
1: Yeah, the cellar is huge because you have to imagine that – so by the law, we have to keep um, an unvintage aging minimum 15 months in the cellar, but at Maison Clico, we aged for two years and a half, three years. Wow. Vintage are normally minimum three years uh, minimum aging in the cellar, and, and for Médon it's about five, five years minimum for the vintage, seven, eight years for La Grande Dame, so it's a long time.
0: Wow. So we are here to talk about La Grande Dame and, and your work at, at Maison cocobus but so before we uh, truly begin, we do have a wine in our glass, so what wine do we have? Do you want to just tell me a little bit about it?
1: We have the La Grande Dame 15. So it's a a new release of La Grande Dame. We don't do La Grande Dame every harvest. Uh, We just produce, we make the blend when we decide that it's a great harvest, it's a Mm -hmm. great vintage, to express La Grande Dame philosophy. Cool. So I want to talk a lot about vintage. But first, I think there's probably a lot of people
0: listening who are unfamiliar with La Grande Dame. So can you explain, obviously, you are the seller master of Maison Clicquot, but La Grande is the vintage expressions of the seller. What
1: is La Grande So La Grande Dame is um, prestige cuvée. So okay. it's it's ultimate expression of um, Maison Clicquot savoir-faire, I would say. Okay. Of course, the, the most important part of my job is to it is to make, to create a non-vintage a yellow label mm-hmm. blend every year. And it has to be consistent every year, which is not very easy. And for me, it's the most difficult part of my job, finally.
0: I mean, you make the most popular champagne in the world. I try to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try. No, it's,
1: it's difficult because nobody really understands that uh, this part of the job is the most difficult part mm-hmm. because, I mean, La Grande Dame, you decide to make it or not to make it. Okay. Depending on the quality of the vintage, where for a yellow label, you have to make it every year, and it has to be exactly at the same level of quality every year. And we know that all harvests are very different. So- so when you're talking about this, you, you decide
0: to make it or not to make it. So that is that is what makes vintage champagne so special, correct? Is that every year, there are there are years where there will not be a, a year on a label of champagne. It will only be non-vintage. What goes into that thought process when you think about when you will make a champagne vintage or not?
1: So well, first we, of course, we have to harvest and we have to, to do the vinification. Uh-huh. And then we start to to taste all the base wine. So we start we start tasting the base wine in november november december i have to taste about 700 different wine from wow. the from the harvest we we taste about 20 25 samples every day and it's a very precise um, description of each wine to understand the wine but also to start to understand the vintage it's very important for me to have a global picture of the vintage of the quality of the vintage i need to manage all the wine, um, to, to understand how I can use all the wine from the vintage. Of course, for y- yellow label, but also the one I want to keep in reserve because we also are, have to manage the reserve wine, which are very important in champagne for the quality of our non-vintage. And then I can decide if I want to make La Grande Dame blend, for example. And so when, when you when
0: you talk about a base wine for people who are, are unfamiliar with it, right? what makes it different than... A wine we we maybe th- it's only going to always be still.
1: Yeah, the base, what we call base wine are still wine. Um, right. So it's after the alcoholic fermentation, you have the alcohol of course, but it's without any bubbles. Um, and that's also the um, the specificity of Champagne. We we do a second alcoholic fermentation inside the bowl, which will create the fizz. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Until we do the bottling, it's it's a steel wine.
0: Okay, is the acidity often higher than it would be in other, let's say, in Burgundy, for example? Will we see the? And I know you have family connection to Burgundy. Would would we see the Pinot Noirs, which are the main basis for La Grande Dame, be a higher acid level than you might see? You know, a still Pinot Noir being made in Burgundy, or no?
1: In average I would say yes, okay. because we are a little bit north norther than, than Burgundy. So okay. we don't have the same maturity. Okay. But with the global warming everything is changing also. Mm. But I would say we, we have a bit more acidity than, than Burgundy, for example. Okay. And then with the blend, finally it's also a way to manage um, the quality um of the wine, and and if you have like a very acidic vintage, for example, with the reserve wine, you can mm-hmm. also balance that acidity. If you have like a very mature vintage, okay, you can use fresher and younger reserve wine to bring more acidity and more freshness to the blend. So, our role when we do non-vintage is really to understand the quality of the vintage and how to blend the non uh, the reserve wine and the vintage still wine together to recreate exactly the same blend. Okay, where with La Grande Dame, it's different. You have to express, You want to. we want to express the spirit of La Grande Dame blend. And also we want to add um, a characteristic of the vintage at the same time. So okay. we are blending finally the the spirit of La Grande Dame with the spirit of the vintage. So we jumped a little bit ahead. We started
0: immediately going into winemaking. I want to take us back a step to actually La Grande Dame and what it is. So can you tell me a little bit about how this wine came to be, and and what it embodies, and how it sort of fits into the entire world of
1: Clicquot. So La Grande Dame finally is um, our, so it's our prestige cuvée. Okay. it's it's for us. It's the best way to pay tribute to Madame Clicquot. Okay, and who was Madame Clicquot? So Madame Clicquot was the the founder, I would say, of uh, Maison Clicquot. Uh, okay. uh, two hundred fifty years ago. Wow. Unfortunately, she became a very, very young. She was like 26, 27 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and at that time in France, um, a woman was not allowed to run a company except mm. if she was a widow. Interesting. And she decided not to sell the company. She decided to keep it, to run it. Um, and it's why on the label you have Verve Clicquot. Verve means widow. So it's a widow Clicquot, in fact.
0: Interesting.
1: And... She really f- decided to fight, and and to to she was very um, full of energy, full of passion for 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 her maison. She really wanted to export the wine. She decided to develop the business. She created uh, the vintage, so she was the first to create the vintage because Champagne was only producing non vintage uh, wine. Oh wow! She was the first to invent the riddling table uh, to extract the, the dead yeast from mm-hmm. from the bottle. And she was also the first to invent the rosé blend. Wow. So she was very creative. She was very passionate. And so
0: she's basically responsible for some of the most amazing things in champagne.
1: Exactly. Wow. So <laughs> we are very lucky because we have a very strong um, woman, mm-hmm. uh, which created a lot of innovation for champagne. And we really wanted to pay tribute to Madame Kiko. Okay. and And her nickname in champagne was La Grande Dame de Champagne, so... La Grande Dame of, of Champagne, in fact. Mm-hmm. And it's so why we decided we have to use her nickname um, on the label and mm-hmm. just to pay tribute to, to Madame Kiko. And when did the first bottling begin for La Grande Dame? So 50 years ago. Okay, wow. So the first release of, of La Grande Dame was for the 200th anniversary of the house. Wow,
0: okay. And when, when, I mean, I know you were not at the house at that point in time, but uh, as as that was being created, sort of, what were What were people thinking about in terms of how they wanted to make this truly a tribute to her? Was there um a thought process going into how it sort of pays tribute both to the yellow label as well as to the larger world of vintage champagne um What were sort of the characteristics you were they they were looking for in the wine that you used to look for today?
1: I would say first of all it's uh, the energy of Madame Ke okay it's really something we want to show in the wine that energy she had just to run the company as a young, uh, very young widow. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about uh, the percentage of Pinot Noir in the blend. For me, it's really the, the, the idea is really like to have this energy, to have this spirit, the fighting spirit. And mm-hmm. it's really something I want to find in the wine. And it's really something which inspires me every time I create the blend. I, I, it's like always like uh, if Madame Clico was behind me and, and pushing me to just to, to have this energy and, and to have this spirit. Okay. And so
0: where do you... Th- when you're talking about energy for someone who's tasting the wine, what are the, what do you what do you think they're tasting that gives them that energy? Is it is it that bright acidity that I'm getting on the palate? Is it sort of the the finesse of the bubbles? Is it ever is it all combined?
1: It's all combined. I mean, it's, you you can't focus on the one point. Uh, for me, the energy is really something when we are tasting the base wine, the steel mm-hmm. wine. The question is not which one is good. It's how the, we can use them in all the different blend, and the one which have like a spirit can be very, like, someone are very elegant, someone are very subtle, someone are very precise or sharp. And then you know in which blend you can integrate them. And, and for La Grande it's really like uh, to find a lot of Pinot Noir, because mm-hmm. now we, it's part of the DNA of the house, but Pinot Noir, which are very elegant and very precise. And that precision for me gives that energy. So
0: let's talk a little about Pinot Noir. So Pinot Noir is one of the, the grapes used to make Champagne, but really defines this Champagne more than any other grape. What is it about Pinot Noir that makes it so incredible for Champagne?
1: I don't know if it's only in Champagne. I love Pinot Noir. So yeah, me too. Part, <laughs> part of my family is in Burgundy. I've been, uh, I would say, raised, born, and educated with the Pinot Noir in my blood, I would say. Uh, red. Uh, the difference in Champagne where I'm making uh, white, um, wine. So mm-hmm. we are using Pinot Noir but we have to avoid a skin contact just to extract only the juice. Mm-hmm. So we are not looking for the tannins. Uh, and what I like with Pinot Noir it's it's very complex. Um, you, you have a lot of different expression of the Pinot Noir depending on the exposure if it's a south exposure or north exposure. Mm-hmm. The age of the vines also can express um, differently. So I like the complexity and the diversity with the pinot noir. Interesting. So
0: it really gives. It, it can bring one grape can bring a lot of different characteristics in all these different still wines you're making that then go into blend the the vintage wine.
1: Yeah, the, the, for me the the is, is there is an example if you if you compare just a percentage of pinot noir in in vintage mm-hmm. and in la grande dame. La grande dame is about ninety percent pinot noir, or okay. the vintage sixty five. percent Sixty-five percent pinot noir. Okay. If you do a blind tasting, and if I ask you which one has the highest percentage of pinot noir, people will definitely say it's a vintage. And and the and the percentage is much lower. So I never look at the numbers. For me, the numbers don't mean anything, mm-hmm. uh, I, because finally, for the vintage, even it's it's a lower percentage. I'm I'm looking for pinot noir which are expressing much more. Much more texture, much more volume, much more roundness. Okay. Because vintage is like designed for, to pair with food, I would say, much more. Right. With La Grande Dame, the idea is really like aperitif to pair with uh, fish more, like uh, Japanese food, sushi. So I'm looking for Pinot Noir, which are very sharp, very precise. Uh, And the difference is... For the vintage, I'm using much more Pinot Noir from the south of, of the mountain. So hmm. they have a south exposure, so you get much more maturity. With La Grande I'm using Pinot Noir much more from the north. So you don't have the same maturity, but you have more um, acidity, more uh, structure, more bitterness in a way also, which is very interesting because it keeps the wine very sharp, very precise, and very elegant. Interesting. And so... You really
0: believe that this Le Grand Dame is the, is the champagne that you would drink on its own or with high-end su- sushi as you're discussing, fish, etc. That, that's really for you the
1: ultimate with the wine? Uh, yesterday night I had a great experience uh, on the rooftop in New York with, uh, okay. with a good friend <laughs> and we started like just a glass just to refresh your palate after a long day. Well, the first glass was perfect and then she just brought like a, a tuna and we had just like tuna uh, very simple t- just tuna with a glass of of La Grande, Dame. it was amazing oh wow that sounds delicious i wish i had been invited yeah <laughs> next time <laughs>
0: so in terms of how this wine sort of sits in the in the larger conversation you know obviously vouv is part of of a, a wonderful champagne ha- you know company that has many ulti- you know incredible champagnes how do you see how Le Grandon plays against all of the other ones. I, I mean, I've heard it referred to as the Pinot Noir focused, you know, you know, prestige cuvee. But how do you think about it? Because obviously you work with all these other cellar masters. They're making other amazing wines as well.
1: I'm not competing. It's not against. No, yeah, I, just in it's, comparison. Yeah, it's in comparison. Funny, finally, I think every house has defined a style. Mm-hmm. And and even in, in, in Maison Clico, for example, we have d- defined different styles, depending for the yellow, for vintage, rosé. And then you, you just keep that in mind when you create your blend. And the idea is not to compete um, with other; It's more like to just to focus on what you have to do and to achieve. And with La Grande Dame, it's really like 90% Pinot Noir, okay, but very precise, very elegant. If I don't find the wine, um, I decide not to do a, a, a vintage, like on vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for me, it's really like to respect that style. It's the most important. And every house has defined a, a different style. And then you decide to to explore uh, the diversity of champagne. And it's what really I like with champagne. Also, A lot of people now are discovering or that champagne is not just bubbles. Right. Uh, it's real wine, and when you start to understand that, that Champagne is real wine, even if it's a sparkling wine, it's a wine, and uh, diversity of of Champagne is amazing. You can you can taste like a blanc de blanc, blanc de noir, vintage, rosé, um, back vintages. So it's it's very com- it's a very complex and it's a very beautiful world for me. So,
0: in terms of the creation of the Grand Dame, how many still wines on average would you use?
1: 15, 20, 25.
0: Okay. So a, a good amount, though, in, in terms of to give that entire amount of precision and elegance that you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Wow. And how many... Is there an average amount of time for people who are sort of curious in terms of vintage that you do or don't declare a vintage? So is it every two or three years you think a vintage doesn't get declared? Does it just totally depend on what's happening right now in our in our own global warming situation? Yeah, it's depending
1: on what's happening around us and global warming, um, quality of the vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we want to express something which is very complex and very elegant. Um, if I'm not sure, I can get that result. i much prefer not to, to make it than to make it wrong. That's got to be so hard, though, for the people who love it and then they can't get it in that year. I know, but... That, <laughs> I think it's also the beauty of wine. It means yeah. so we have to be very humble. Everything comes from nature, and you have to respect that. So I never try to push uh, or to fight against nature. I much prefer to follow what nature give give to me, and and, and that's very important. That's a gift. Right. And so, the, and then that, that's what we see reflected
0: in the glass mm. is that amazing energy. And basically, we you know we'd have to assume exactly what Madame Clicot would have wanted. Mm. So you are a Pinot Noir focused champagne and you said that Metlicco invented rosé champagne. Yeah. So you obviously make one. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think about this because I feel like obviously there's got to be a lot of pressure to just create the vintage group. But now to be creating the the vintage which she created, rosé which she created must be something that you think a lot about. Um what what goes into your thought process when you when it comes to creating this wine? The rosé? Yeah.
1: Oh, in fact, when you have decided to create La Grande Dame white, mm-hmm. it's it's very easy to create the rosé. Interesting. Uh, the most difficult is to create the, the La Grande Dame. To decide to to make it uh, one year. Why? Because now you have to be sure that all the wine together will respect that philosophy. For the rosé, it's. Finally, the blend is very easy. I, I use the Lagrande blend, white okay. blend, and then I will add um, a certain amount of, of red wine into the blend. Uh, and the rosé uh, blend was created by Madame Clicot. She used to say, first, uh, I always f- first taste my rosé with my eyes. Mm. And, and she was not really happy about the rosé, which was a skin contact method. Before and, and she decided to go to Burgundy to learn how to make red wine. Ah. And she came back uh, in Champagne and she went to Bouzy, uh, which is very famous in Champagne for the red. Where Médon-Cleco had some great uh, parcels uh, of vines and she decided to select some of the parcels to, uh, to, to make her own red wine. And, and for La Grande Dame it's only one parcel. And it's the same parcel for years and years or maybe decades and decades. Uh, that parcel is, is Claude Collin. I've, tra- I've tasted the still wine from it. It's amazing. Yeah. So, in fact, the, the still wine you have tasted is the wine we use to create the rosé. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Is, is that common in Champagne
0: now? Is, do, do most people who are making a rosé Champagne follow Madame Clicot's
1: methods? Or are, are some people still doing skin contact? Some people are still doing skin contact, like Rosé Saigné, but most of them are now using uh, Madame Clicot method. Wow. And so that allows you to give, I would assume, more
0: structure, color, vibrancy. Yeah.
1: So with the the red, the idea is we are not making a red uh, to create a coteau champenoise. Okay. We are remaking uh, a red uh, dedicated to Rosé. So the maceration, uh, we don't want to do a, a very long maceration. It's six, eight, ten days max, depending okay. of the vintage. We don't want to extract too much tannins. Uh, we don't age the red in oak barrels. Okay. We we we'll keep it in stainless steel tank, and the idea with the red for us is really to bring that very smooth fru- red fruit which bring a bit more texture in the mid-palette when you taste the rosé. You want to taste you it? Yeah, let's taste it. Oh, you open, open it, it,
0: please. <laughs> I was going to open it and just, you know, make a really loud popping sound.
1: I, I can make a <laughs> popping sound if you want. But the rosé, rose finally, thanks to Madame Clicquot, it's, it's, for me, it's easy to make the rosé blanc. That's
0: I, I love the the confidence in which you say it's easy for me to make this because I make it's that's great I wish I had something like that and were at work where I was like I do this one thing so this one's way easier <laughs> I don't feel that way so how much production is different is is there much more of the the brut than there is of the rosé yeah it's much more much more much
1: more and which cur- what vintages are currently on the market so for the white we just released the fifteen okay and and for the rosé we we need to age the rosé a bit more okay. uh, to to perfectly integrate the red into the white so we age the rosé one or two more years so we are on on 12 and uh, that's all
0: in bottle aging yeah. yeah. okay so so each each bottle is integrating the red itself yeah <laughs> so, so okay. what
1: we do we, we we use we do the the La Grande Dame blend okay and then we we will integrate into the the, the vats the red for twelve, thirteen, fourteen percent. Okay. We will do the bottling. We will do the second alcoholic fermentation, mm-hmm. and then just on the leaves for, uh, for on the leaves for seven, eight, nine years. Wow. For both... for <laughs> for the rosé, for, yeah, for the ro- for the white, it's about seven, eight, and for the rosé, it's a eight, nine.
0: Wow. I mean, it's a both of. The, I mean, the the brood is really lovely, but the rosé has this just absolutely beautiful, like really light salmon pink. It's gorgeous. It smells lovely too. So this one, so 2012 will be what's on the market for right now, Yeah, the the foreseeable future well, until so the
1: two, um, not, uh, two, two next year.
0: Yeah, this is really great. I actually would like this with a with like a, a really nice piece of like salmon or fish would be really delicious. It would be really really yep. delicious. So, how did you gain such a passion for champagne? Being from from Burgundy, you would think that obviously, especially now, people talk about Burgundy as one of the hottest still wine markets, and Champagne is obviously the hottest sparkling wine market. How did you find your way from from Burgundy to Champagne?
1: I went to east of France to study uh, food and beverage. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, my, my background is food and beverage engineer. So I was, I was really specialized in beer, sparkling um, product. And I had to do a six-month intern, and I did it uh, in Champagne, uh, starting uh, working for Moëté Chandon. Mm. And I really felt in love for, for the Champagne region. I, I really, For the first time, I really understood that Champagne is a wine. Mm-hmm. And I started to taste. Uh, I did my first harvest uh, with Moëté Chandon, and the chief winemaker at that time told me, um, you should stay in Champagne. You are, you are good at sh- making Champagne. Um, and I decided, why not? It's a good place. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a nice place. People are, are really nice. And it's beautiful. It's so close to Paris. It's close to Paris. It's close to Burgundy. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> I love it. And so you just stayed. Yeah, I stayed. Like for 27 <laughs> years later, I'm still there. I'm still happy. Um, it, it's a fantastic wine I mean I love red mm-hmm. I really love white, red but if you think about champagne it's the only wine in spirit you can drink 24 hours a day it's true I could drink these wines 24 hours a day but with red wine for example it means um, Sunday brunch mm-hmm. champagne perfect yep. operative champagne perfect uh, to pair with food not all type of food but you can pair with food you can, you can have a glass in a bar you can go to a all night club and and still drinking champagne mm-hmm. and, and that's the beauty of champagne that the diversity of, of all champagne you can find finally it's it's very easy to enjoy a good moment with champagne i think
0: one of the experiences for me that was very instructive in that was uh i was in rance this last year just on holiday with my wife and we went to the glue pot yeah and you know it's a bar yeah, and it's just these incredible champagnes and you're having a burger and it's amazing. And you think to yourself, yeah, only champagne could you do this. You know, it's ever uh, these very fine red wines would never be in a place like that. You know, you'd be in a fancy restaurant, Michelin star, but champagne can be there as well. I think that's what
1: makes it such a special wine. And you have the private wine list at the Gloupot or also which is very special. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know about that. No, yeah. next, <laughs> next time, <you> should, <laughs> next time, next time, ask Stefan for the, the private wine list. I will. He has a nice wine. No, I mean, so we are wine lover. Yeah. And 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 when you understand re- and when you realize that champagne is a wine, it it really my mind and open my mind to 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 explore that universe. So you start with non vintage, you start okay tasting rosé, and then you go to vintage, prestige, cuvée. And then you go to back vintages. Because champagne has an amazing ability to age in the cellar. And when you start to taste very, like all vintages, like from, mm. from the um, two thousand or from the 90s, from the 80s, 70s, it's very complex. It's still very fresh. Because finally, the, the bubbles are the best way to preserve the wine from the ageing. Mm. I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah. The pressure inside is the best way to protect the wine from ageing. So you
0: can hold these Le Grand Dame for very very long if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, means uh, we still have like uh, yesterday night we opened a wine from 2004, uh very fresh. One of my favorite Le Grand Dame is um, 1990 in Jeroboam. It's so fresh. Means if you do a blind tasting, it's impossible to, to just to imagine that it's it from the 90s. Wow. That's super cool. And
0: so Le Grand Dame now is available across the entire United States, correct? I think
1: so. Yeah. I haven't traveled to all the places in the U.S., but yes, of course, uh, New York, uh, Miami, uh, L.A., uh, Dallas. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: Didier, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me about these wines. They're really very impressive, absolutely delicious. I'm a huge champagne lover, um, and I have i fell in love with these wines the first time that they were brought to the office and I tasted them, and it's a true honor to have you here to chat with me
1: about them. My pleasure. So, and next time you come to Champagne, let me know we'll have a glass together at the group. Oh, I would love that.
0: (laughs) Deal. Deal. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So the Vine podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington in Zach Chabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered, and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Chirino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire Vine Pair staff and everyone who's been involved in making Vine Pair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.